Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. The great ones, they're different. They really are. Not better, just different. Sure, there's a physical power, a mental strength, a complex but resolute constitution too. There's a whole lot more than just the measurables. That's something else, that intangible. It separates us from them. Welcome to the Legends series on Andy Raymond Unfiltered. Some stories are about accolades. Some are about achievements on the field. This one, it's more about off it. And it's just so much more important. But who is Jamie Simpson? Jesus, a hard one. I've thought about this for a while because, you know, I, I think I've gone through my whole life trying to find out that question as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, when you get deep down and I think uh, Jamie is a, a family person. Yep. Someone who tries to put all the others before himself and, uh, and, and, and very loyal. I'm very loyal. So, yeah, it's a hard question. An incredible talent as a young rugby league player. You recorded 37 games for South Sydney between 08 and 2010, a handful of games in the UK following that. Did we see the best of you? No, nowhere near it, I don't think. Hey, I think my time in, in South Sydney was cut a little bit short. I didn't really want to leave when I did. Um, went over to obviously the UK and just could not get fit, could not get healthy. Um, I was saying to you earlier on, I was playing at 94 kilos here in Australia. When I got to England, I was playing at 85, 86. So I didn't really get, have a chance from the get-go. You yeah. know, the training regime was a bit different. The, the fields are different. You know, you're running on soggy fields instead of hard fields. And, uh, yeah, couldn't breathe, had asthma, cold air doesn't help that. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of kicking myself. I wanted to stay around a little bit locally for a, a lot longer. It's a move that sounds wonderful. Mm. Let's go to the UK and play rugby league and get paid bucket loads. But the life move doesn't necessarily suit everyone. No, I don't. But in saying that, I absolutely loved my time there. Okay. Just away away from the rugby league, I loved everything about it. I loved the kind of different culture that, yep. that England surrounds itself. I'm a massive Manchester United fan, so I was a season ticket holder. I was there three times a week. I was probably there more than I was at training. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think – I really did want to stay here longer and, yeah. and yeah, just, just probably listen to the wrong people and went over. But in, in saying that, I didn't want to go over for a holiday and I said that yeah. to the coach, Nathan Brown. I said, you know, I'm not coming over for a holiday. So I signed a three-year deal basically mm. and I was, I was supposed to be there for three but I stayed for one and a half. You're as well remembered for your journey off the field as on it. In August of 2002, a 16-year-old young man and your life changed in a minute, literally. What do you recall of that day? Yeah, no, nah, well, it actually, the journey started a lot, lot earlier than that. So I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma on that day, but prior to that, I got misdiagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, with blood clots. So I had this lump the size of my fist. Like, I know you can't hear it listening to me, but yeah. literally roll your fist up, have a look at it. It was the size of that in my groin. And um, I this, went to the doctor. This is Many years before, is it Many 10 years. year old? I would have been, yeah, yeah, 10. Yeah, about 10. I was at my mate's house. I was in the shower and then I, I looked down. I went to wash myself and I was like, what's that? Jeez. And I was a size, you know, lump size of my fist, a cricket ball, if you will. And I uh, went to the doctor and the doctor reckons, ah, oh, blood clot, she'll pass, mate. She'll be right. And, uh, you know, all these years later, I get diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the only thing that was on my mind, to be honest with you, is when I can play footy again. So, mm. How dangerous could have that 
misdiagnosis boon, do you look back oh, and think, wow? Now I do look back. Then yeah. I didn't. Um, looking at it now, like it could have, it was devastating because by the time they found the lymphoma, it was stage three. So I don't know if you know too much about that. Stage one, you got it in one place, two place, three place, like that. So it was nearly to the stage where it got stage four. It was riddled throughout my body. So we caught it just in time. We had it in my shoulder, my abdomen, and my groin. So I got the groin removed, and then the rest was taken out through uh, uh, chemotherapy and radiotherapy yeah. and so forth. So just in time, basically. So at 16 years of age, you are literally in a life and death battle. Yeah, yeah. All right, a lot to put on a young bloke's shoulders, hey? Isn't it? How does a 16-year-old deal with that? Uh, how did you deal with that? Is it – do you understand the, nah. the enormity of the whole thing? Nah, nowhere near it, hey. I think it affects – the, the older people, like your mother, your father, all that kind yep. of stuff, more than it affected me. The way I escaped it is probably still stays with me today. So, you know, I went home, I watched TV, I played the PlayStation or the yep. Xbox, and I just took my mind off things like that. And I'm probably still falling to a little bit of that today, <laughs> ask my mates. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, the, the the biggest thing, honestly, Andy, when I was thinking about it, the whole thing I wanted to do was play NRL, and, and that was my thought before every night before I went to sleep. Like, that was your drive. Yeah, that was even my drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking, I've got to get to the NRL. How am I going to do it? You know, I'd say a little prayer, help me get there. Yeah. And uh, I, was, I was lucky enough to do so, but it was a big driving force behind. I know it's cliche. Everyone goes, I want to play NRL as mm. a young bloke, especially in Rocky or CQ area. But yeah, it was definitely a driving force. It's amazing that sport and, and this wonderful game that we love, rugby league, can provide a mental outlet and a drive like this to a young guy that's really yeah. struggling. It's one of the things that I just love about sport yeah it's a spark isn't it it, it is you can see it in yeah. someone's eyes you know yeah how tough were the times how dark were the times all bad you know i i say to i say to everyone that that knows me enough to ask me the questions i'm an open book like anyone yep. can ask me a question but they kind of feel scared too because yep. it's it's a big thing and i say to everyone i wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy so mm. chemotherapy was was that the point where i was having chemotherapy for one day and then I would go in, I would smell the place, and I would vomit. So you know how you got these uh, physical and emotional cues? Yep. That was my emotional cue. As soon as I got in, I smelt the place. I thought, right, the needles are coming next. So I got the needles, I'd vomit up, and that was just wow. getting a cannula in my arm. So when they put the saline through, I'd vomit, and then they'd put the chemo through, I'd vomit, and then it was literally, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating, I think every half an hour I'd vomit for about three, four hours. So it was pretty tough. And as you say, like it doesn't affect the 16-year-old that much. It affects, sorry, everyone else. Mom. So mum who's there is watching. You know, I Helpless. couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine watching my kids go through yeah. that. And, and you know, I, I, I am very nervous because of my background. Yep. And hopefully they don't have to go through what I've been. So they're getting tested and all that kind of stuff. That was a question I did have slated down for later, but you've got two beautiful daughters um, and a very serious cuteness overload with both <laughs> of them, including Gracie, who is here uh, supervising the interview. <laughs> How careful are you with the two kids? Yeah. How cautious? I'm, oh, well, it, it's always in the back of my mind. So yep. if I'm playing with them, if I'm doing anything like that and mm. I feel something like a lump, like, what's that? Come here. I have a feel and all yep. that kind of stuff. So I'm staying on top of it like that. But – Try not to keep it too at the front of my mind. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be Gets in the way of positive. life. Yeah. Play for, get through your life. As you, big positive. Well, I'm a big positive person. Yeah. So, yeah, we just live life to the fullest as much as we can. Okay. The series of chemo treatments as well as the stem cell transplant, run us through uh, your rehab, your recovery, 
and, and a sort of a timeline with all this. Yeah, the timeline's very uh, foggy. Yeah. I, I think I've mentioned to you in the messages before, I've got a terror or terrible. Yeah. Oh, you're in good company, I, yeah. I can blame chemo for that, but anyway, and, <laughs> yeah, and a few head knocks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a long process. I think I went through two lots of chemotherapy before we actually got to the stem cell. Yeah. So the stem cell transplant is basically your last-ditch effort to get rid of the cancer. So it was stubborn. It wouldn't go away. Um, got stem cell transplants my own. Um, I think it's an autonomous uh, stem cell transplant. So they take out your bad blood, give you your good blood, basically, yep. and reboot your immune system. So that was that was a good two, I think, two to three months in hospital, in and out, mm. um, down in Brisbane there. So they really looked after us at the Royal Brisbane's Women's Hospital, yep. though. We got Mum got put up, um, wasn't any spots in Ronald McDonald, so they got put up in a, an apartment just down the road. Um, went through that. And then uh, once getting the all clear, I think we, we come back, straight back to Rocky, and I was like, right, hey, let's enroll in school again, let's go. Any elite athlete will tell you it takes more than just being physically fit to be at your best. And our friends at Galaxy Finance can have you at the top of your financial game. From home loans to investments and self-managed super funds, they provide complete solutions. Call Galaxy Finance on 1300 917740 and mention you heard it on Andy Raymond Unfiltered to get an obligation-free chat to see how Galaxy Finance can assist you. What was harder on you, battling the physical effects of the cancer? Or battling the mental demons that can potentially come with it? Physically, definitely. Yep. I think there, I nearly succumb mentally, though, to be honest with you. There was a stage there, I think, after I got diagnosed, after they said I got the all clear by maybe six months through the first chemotherapy, mm. and I was like, you beauty, we've done it. And then um, maybe two, three weeks later, we went in again. And it wasn't gone. Yeah, it wasn't gone. Yeah. It started to grow again. So at that stage, I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. I said to mum, I said, I can't, I can't, I can't do yeah. this chemotherapy again. And she was like, no, you need to. And she tried to talk me out of it. And I was headstrong. I was like, you know what? I don't think I can. Yeah. I went in there and told the doctor. Anyway, we changed our mind and I end up doing it, obviously. Thank goodness. That's a natural reaction though, I think, yeah. for anyone to, you know, you get heartbreaking news and you think, oh, fuck it. Yep. I, I, Is it worth it? Yeah. So I was like, I can't do it. I'm yeah. just going to live out my life while I can, you know, but that's what I was like. And then- that uh, overwhelming positivity that I that I keep just kicked in. I was like, you know, let's do it. Come on, hurry up. We've known each other for a long time, not closely, but anything I've known about you has been a very positive and a very vibrant young man. Was that your attitude going into this? Yeah, yeah. Like I think it all all started then. Yeah, I think I was yeah. I was just I was just cruising for life before then. You know, yep. just not not a worry in the world being a young kid. You know. Yep. And then when it all happened, I think that's where the positivity and the drive come in to actually not let anything beat me. I think mm. that's the thing. I, I'm I'm not actually competitive to the fact that I want to win Monopoly. Don't ask mum that. She'll deny it. <laughs> but um, like yeah. anything like that, I'm, I'm not competitive when it comes to that, but I, I don't like it when people tell me I can't do something. Yeah. And as soon as I hear those words, I'm like, right, I'll prove you wrong. Like, for, yeah. for example, I got when I got my biopsy done, um, they – then they cut the the lump out of my groin. I had drains in there. Yeah. And they're like, this is going to hurt when they take them out. And you're not going to be walk for a couple of days. I was like, I'll bet you 50 bucks I'll walk as soon as you take them out. All the nurses, all the doctors were like, no, mate, you're not walking. It's impossible. You won't do it. So and the they, more they told you. Yeah. And so they took them out and I was like, oh, I need to go to the toilet now. So they got the little, you know, bucket thing, brought yeah. it over to me. I was like, no, 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 I'll get up and walk. So yeah. I got up and walked. And they're like, what are you doing? I said, I told you, I will do it. Now so, give me my 50. Yeah. So I got me 50 off my auntie anyway. I was happy. Yeah, nice. <laughs> 
It's often said we learn more about ourselves in adversity. What did you learn about yourself across this period of time? Yeah, basically just touch on what we've talked about before, just that drive, not being able to uh, – it's probably a control thing, yeah. want to have control over my own destiny, you know. Yep. Wanting to be the person that says I can or can't, cannot do it. So, yeah, just that, that positivity and drive out of it all is what I got and I think that's what pushed me on to the next level, you know. I probably – being honest with you, I probably wouldn't have played NRL if I didn't get cancer, you know. You think it was that big a motivation? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, as I said, I was just cruising through life. I was happy to go with the motions, making CQ rep team, no Queenslands. I was happy with that, you know, making a rep team. But then once I got the cancer, um, once it gave me the drive, you know, I wanted to go further and further and further. So, yeah. And just get everything out of life and out of yourself. Just milk it, yeah. I think, yeah, just keep going. And that's the way I am now. You know, is it COVID's kind of put a stop to it, but I just want to keep moving forward. Yep. Um, the jobs that I do, I get to interact with kids on a daily and and help them pursue their dreams and be more resilient. So I think that's that's my goal in life now is to help me and help everyone else kind of fulfil their dreams. You're friends with Scotty Minto, and through association yeah. in hospital, you received a message from Wayne Bennett that left quite an impression. Can you share it? Yeah. So Wayne, it was a, it was a big message, but out of the message that Wayne sent me. The big um, quote out of it that, that I took with me through everything, and I still say it today, is tough times come and go, but tough guys last forever. Yeah. And then at the very end of it, he's like, at the end of this, Jamie, I look forward to seeing you down at training, you know? And How yeah, good I know. That? And then the funny thing is, well, it's not funny, but it, that drove me, so I get goosebumps still to I've it now. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, two, three years, years later, I was signed by Ivan Henjack and Cyril Connell, and I was at training with Wayne Bennett. So he uh, maybe he's a fortune teller, who knows? And he's done everything else, oh, no. hasn't he? Uh, Do we cue the Scott Minto, Wayne Bennett jokes now? Oh, yeah. Mate, that oh, link again. Dog, father and son, I still give it to him now. So, on <laughs> <laughs> oh, Millhouse. No, but Scotty, honestly, um, he's one of those football players that I tried to emulate growing up then yep. too. From that moment on, I seen that he reached out and helped someone he didn't necessarily have to. He knew me. He knew the family. But he made it his kind of mission to, to help a down-and-out person, and that's what I wanted to do. Often rugby league and rugby league players uh, get the negative headlines. Some, oh. Sometimes they're warranted, yeah. uh, sadly. So many good stories like that about the quality people in the game that often don't see the light of day. Yeah, there's a lot of them, hey. Like, yeah. as you said, it's normally most of them are warranted these days because of, uh, you know, kind of, I think of what rugby league players kind of think of themselves, yep. the younger ones. Um but it's up to the older ones, the veterans and, and the people like myself to kind of set an example for the next generation yeah. so they don't grow up that way and then these stories get to shown in the media a lot more. Throughout this period, your obsession and your infatuation with rugby league continued. You, you thought about it, you dreamt about it, but you're also assistant coach at the school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a good way to perhaps... I guess distract yourself mentally oh, for for an yeah. hour a week. It was massive, and and I and I I say thank you to Mister Navarro, who was the actual head coach. He um he he mentioned it to me, and I was like, oh yeah, let's yeah. go. So I, I probably got a little bit of a power trip, and um it did take my mind off off what was going on around me, and and really help out the second team there, and um. There's actually a good story about me. I think he actually named one of his children yes, after me. Yes, yeah. he certainly so, did. Yeah, I'm actually I'm trying to look for him now. So if he's listening, if anyone knows, help me get in touch with him. Get, get in touch mm. with, with Jamie. Um, 
that's a growing up period in itself when you're given uh, the responsibility of assistant coach yeah. or a second team because you were a young wild child. Oh yeah, uh, and you were in cruise control. Yep. This, this was maybe a little reset for you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. You, you probably attribute to that to to me wanting the coach today still. So. Um, it was it was that distraction, but at the same time, it gave me responsibilities that I never had. So yep. it was really uh, a kick up the ass that I probably needed at that time to, to to think a little bit more seriously, and it made me think that there was repercussions for others around me. So yeah. things that I did affected more than just me, and you can see that as a coach, as an assistant coach, what yeah. you do at training affects everyone. So yeah, do you look back and think? I'm actually a, now a better and stronger person because I've been through what I've oh, been through. Yeah, definitely. I think, as I mentioned before, I don't think I would be the man I am today if I if I, if I didn't go through cancer, mm. and I pop, I wouldn't change it. You know, as, as hard as it was yep. on me and everyone around me, I think it it moulded me into the person I am today, and and I like that person. Yeah, so I wouldn't change it. Life's good. Yeah, Ma- married, still living in Rocky. Two beautiful kids. Yeah, yeah, got two beautiful kids. I'm not married yet, but uh, oh. we're getting there. Put a ring on. Yeah, I, she tells me every day. Yeah. Seven years, Jamie. Seven years. <laughs> oh, I've heard that before. Oh, that's yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. dear. When you returned to school after treatment, you really began to excel and, and start to fulfil your potential. Many of you younger coaches and junior coaches knew that you are a talent but didn't know if you'd get there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you started peaking. I had very good uh, coaching and teachers around me. That, that helped that a lot. Um, Terry Hansen, still the first coach at St. Brendan's College, took me under his wing, told me to come in. I didn't have to go to school as much. I was just there to to kind of get myself back into the swing of school, yep. uh, the feeling of it, and and training, getting my body back up there. Because I think I got down to something ridiculous, like 70-something kilos, where I was prior to that I was 82. You wow. Know? So I got down, I lost a good 10 kilos, um, went to school, got to the social side back into it yep. and surrounded myself with good and positive role models and, and Terry Hanson was one of them and, and, and same as Lindsay Jones and all the other teachers at St. Brennan's College really, really helped me kind of adapt back to that school life because yep. I was only there every, what, probably every once, every three weeks, once every month while yep. going through chemo. So, um, yeah, it was an adaption and, and, and a good time though. Physically, did you have to rebuild? Yeah, yeah. So a lot. My fitness was gone. Mm. As I said, I was tiny, so I was in the gym, um, you know, two, three times a week. Yeah, probably not taking as seriously as I should have, mind yeah. you. But still in the gym, trying to put a little bit of um, muscle back on the bones, and and um, it, it helped because I think I, I, you know, in the matter of a year, I was back up to my playing weight yeah. and and ready That's to remarkable. play. Yeah. So I don't know how I did it. I think it might have been mackers along the way as well. Yeah. <laughs> It helps. <laughs> Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au Tell them we sent you for a cool deal. Such a pivotal point in your young journey. You gained selection in the Queensland Independent School side, named player of the carnival. All of a sudden, NRL clubs knew who you were. Mm, and that was, you get goosebumps again. It was 
one of the greatest moments of my life, yeah. you know, getting that recognition from a fair few scouts, um, two of them, Cyril Connell and Mark Hughes. Yep. So great scouts. Cyril Connell, arguably one of the best recruiters Absolutely. ever. Well, is the best recruiter ever. Yeah. Just ask the Broncos now, they're struggling from it. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, getting that recognition for the hard work that I put in and, 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 uh, it kind of it didn't fulfill my dream, but it had a little bit. Of, I felt fulfillment from it. Yep. I was like, you know what, this is good. Keep yeah. going. So yeah, Cyril Connell, Ivan Henjack, and and Mark Hughes, um, were, were three of the, the the recruiters that really paid a lot of attention to me, and it, and it helped. And all of a sudden, you turn up to training at Red Hill, yeah, the Brisbane Broncos. Oh mate, blew me away. That moment alone is that dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. Well. Yes and no. Yes and no. At that stage, I was probably still a little bit naive. Yeah. So I didn't want to think of it as I made it because I was just worried about doing the gap run. I don't know if you know what the gap run is at Broncos. It's a very tough run. Yeah. So okay, I was okay. more worried about that. Um, but, um, yeah, I was just happy to be around everyone, seeing the likes of Shane Webke, Gordon Tellis, um, you know, and, and the up-and-coming players. I live with um, Neville Costigan and Sammy Thiday and yep. Joey uh, Joey Clark, who, who passed away yes. a little bit earlier on, and John Torreo. So, it was a good good bunch of kids to be around in that house and, and the mum and dad was Paul Bunn and, and there, yeah, so it was bunny. great. Yeah, Bunny. So it's, it was good good to be around. It's not as though you're just going into any side with no. any players. No. There's Gordon Tallis. There's Shane Webke. That's the thing. The first yeah. time I ever moved into my house, they were there playing cricket. Oh. And I was like, what's going on here? I was like, yeah. I just watched these blokes two weeks ago. <laughs> yes. Why are they at my house? So it was um it was all I think those those Two years, I think, was it two years I spent in Brisbane? Yep. was a whirlwind. I think I was caught up moving from Rocky, going to Brizzy, um, in a little bit of the lifestyle and, and being surrounded by That's those kind of people. a big life move for, yeah. a, for a young man. And, and, again, much like we said about England earlier, from the other side of the television when people are looking at these young athletes earning good money and playing sport for a living, they think, oh, what a wonderful life. But mm. it's a young kid packing up and moving away from his – Family. That's it, you know, and I've, I had a lot to do with my family, obviously, through what I've been through. So it was hard to go away from my support network. Granted, they're only seven hours away, but it was it was hard to, to move away from yeah. my family, friends. You know, my um, I was brought up around a lot of women, so my mum, my aunties and that, I, to move away from them to, to be in the spot where I'm mm. basically by myself restarting again. It was it was difficult, I won't, I won't lie. Um, and as I said, I, I probably did get a little bit caught up, and, and Wayne seen that, mm. and Wayne kind of had a chat to me, and that was when I signed with the Rabbitohs. So, yeah. How did that happen, the Rabbitohs? Because it, it was a little bit of a struggle at the Broncos, playing mm. a little bit of Q Cup and a little bit of the second side footy. You, you weren't able to make your first grade debut. Yeah. How did you end up at South Sydney? Um, so I was getting to that re-signing stage, and the re-signing stage for the younger kids at, at Broncos is brutal. Like, there's no other way to do it than the way that they do it. So you're basically all in there in one or two nights, you know, everyone's going in one after the other to see Wayne yep. and Wayne would have a chat to you and say, basically, this is what we can offer you. Yep. And Wayne said to me, um, you know, said, you're probably getting a little bit caught up off the field. He said, you can stay and try and fight your way through. Yep. You can by all means do that, but you won't be top 25. You won't be top 30. Yep. You'll be back in, you know, Aspley, Toowoomba, whoever it is yep. playing there and, and work your way up, which I didn't mind. But, Prior to that, Mark Hughes had made contact with me, who was obviously at the Bulldogs, yep. who tried to sign me down there. But um, he was at the Rabbitohs. And, and, He'd yeah. moved clubs. Yeah, yeah, so he moved to the Rabbitohs and he was like, Jason Taylor really likes you. Um, would you ever consider coming down here? And that was in the back of my mind going into the meeting. And then after Wayne said that, I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's time to move again. Do you see that as a personal challenge? 
is that how it was? Wayne saying, okay, here's my advice. This is what I think. And without saying as much, your mind's ticking and you're saying, I'll show you. Yeah, I'm a pretty fir- much I'm it. a first grader. That's it. That's it. You, you're there. You're going, no, I'll show him that he's, yeah. he's wrong. But you know what? He was right. He was right all caught up. Yeah, I was caught up in it. Mm. And that's the kind of person that he is, I think. I don't I, – He. I, the good thing about Wayne is he remembers everyone. So if he's yep. with me today, he'd say g'day. And that's the thing. He's like that father figure and yep. he has that effect on people. Um, and he, what he said was right. And after he said it, that's when it clicked to me. I was like, right, time to move. Let's do this. So, um, yeah, it was in a matter of a, a week. I think I'd sign with him and I was ready to go. What are your first impressions of South Sydney when you turn up? Oh, mate, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Not as good as uh, training facilities yeah. at the start off because we were at Erskineville Oval yes. at the time. So Erko was a bit uh, bit bumpy here and there. <laughs> so, Watch out for the potholes. <laughs> injury from one of them. Being at the club, it's a family-orientated club. Yeah. It is so much a family-orientated club, and that's why people love it, I think. A try on debut, I think it was against the Warriors, a hat-trick in the record books. You were bitten. <laughs> You famously knocked over ref Tony uh, De Harris as well. You fit a whole lot into 37 games, I know. my man. I, thought, you know, I was thinking about that the other day. I was reminiscing on, on the career and what I could tell the kids when they got a little bit older. Mm. And, yeah, I did do a fair bit in those 37 games, didn't I? But what, I'm known for knocking a ref over. That's all people know me for up here these Jeez. days. I was in America and it was on um, TV while I was no. in. Yeah, yeah, sweet. It was um, – like uh, bad days at the office. You know yes. how they do the top 10 countdowns? Yeah. I, I was like, get out of the Mum, I'm on TV. Look at this. I'm on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, just get in there. Yeah. What's the personal highlight? What do you look back on most fondly on the uh, on the career? Um, you know what? There's there's a couple of things. Obviously, that being told I was playing NRL yep. was the biggest highlight. Um, you know, ringing mum up, saying, mum, oh, mum. Yeah. Because she told me if I ever made it, she'd buy me a car. I was like, mum. Yeah, I'm your car. Yeah. Anyway, he said, what are you talking about? I'm playing NRL this weekend. So um, I remember JT telling me, he's like, oh, you're in this weekend. I said, who's out? He said, Nigel. I was like, what's wrong with Nigel? He said, no, nothing. nothing. Do you want him to play? He said, I said, no, 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 no. This is Nigel Bungana, <laughs> yeah. a Kiwi international legend of the game, yeah, and, and he displaced him. And it taught me a hell of a lot. He yeah. taught me how to play centre. I watched his film, mate, one of the best uh, positional centres you'll ever meet yeah. on and off the ball, yes. um, and a great bloke. So that was pretty big, but um, probably what I look back on and what I can remember, it holds a little bit of um, good and bad memories is that hat trick against the Roosters. Yep. So my good mate, Toddy Parnell, was punched at a party. Yeah. Fell down, one punch kill that night. Um, they rang me up. My mate rang me up and I was like, literally, I had me stuff on ready to go. He's like, oi, Toddy's gone. So what are you talking about? No. And he's told me that. So went out on a field. And um, that's all I was taking with me. I was like, like you know, I don't want to do this for Toddy. And I scored a hat trick. And that's why you see some of the pictures I got my hand in the air. Yeah. It's because of that. Yeah. So not too many people knew about that one, but yeah. Being able to separate off field and on field emotionally, you've just been told yeah. a, a mate's gone, yeah. a mate's been killed. Were you able to separate? Not really, eh? Yeah. I couldn't, so, so to be honest with you. are playing and it's yeah. just rattling through. Yeah, your head. yeah, it was going out there. But, um, yeah, I think it helped me anyway. Yeah. So I went out there and I was like, you know what, let's do this, Toddy. I nearly got a fourth too, which I was filthy at. Yes. I brought it back for a forward pass. It's amazing what drives us all individually, isn't it, and, <laughs> and how resilient yeah. we can be. Mm. As you look back on your life to date, because you're only 33, how do you summarise it? 
Yeah. No, how do you summarise that? I don't know, you know. It's a hard question. It's It hasn't been boring. No, no, no not boring. Wow. No, it's been full on, put it yeah. that way. Full on, but not finished. So, yeah. You like the saying, positive thoughts breed positive outcomes. 100%. I love it. Yep. Still now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what I tell the kids. I work um, locally here for, I work in radio and in also youth um development so I work yep. for Durumble Community Youth Services which is an Indigenous organisation here and I've got a couple of programs that go out and teach uh, some games and some things to the kids at schools and one of them is resilience and what better way to preach resilience through positive uh, outcomes come yeah. from positive thoughts so yeah. Your story is a wonderful one it's of conquering the mind but also conquering the body it's about remaining positive and refusing to say no yeah. Jamie Simpson you sir are a legend if you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. Best weekly review wins an unfiltered trucker's hat. A new episode of the Legends series drops every Tuesday and the weekly watch every Thursday. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Follow us on social media at the Andy Raymond. Then you won't miss a thing. Come back soon, legends.